I'm Mike Gorman, and you're listening to the Celtics Pod podcast for Celtics Blog. Here's your host, Adam Taylor. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Treadline Trade Treadline Trade Deadline Day episode. Live streaming to you from a location somewhere in England and somewhere in Texas. You can find us on Celtics Blog's Facebook page, on the Adam Taylor NBA YouTube page. You can find us over at Adam Taylor NBA Twitter. And it's a crossover episode, so my boy Will here and his homie Greg. You know, Greg usually comes on this show too. They run their own thing called the Green with Envy Pod, and we're going to cross over. So. Everybody listening, you're going to be either listening on one of the live streams on the Celtics blog feed or on the Green with Envy feed. And we are about to dive into a bunch of different trades that have gone down. I'm sad. Adam, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. You know, I'm sad. Listen, first off, I'm excited. We're live. Things are happening. Lots of lots of different things that we need to get into. But first and foremost, you know, for this massive crossover special we're doing here. We have to share our condolences, and, and should we just hold a, a moment of silence for the the biggest member of the Romeo Langford fan club? I was the leading light of that fan club. <laughs> you were the president. Our president, our presidente. Like, look, before we get into the Derek White stuff, the thing with me with Romeo was, like, now, where I'm sitting, I'm like, yo, this is a good move for Romeo. It makes sense. The only downside is he's going with Jay Rich. And it feels like he's already going to be trying to fight for minutes with a guy that was limiting his minutes anyway. But there's a bit of a two-guard hole there now with Derek White going. So maybe they slide Romeo, they slide Jay Rich into the two, put Romeo at the three coming off the bench. I think that, especially playing for Pop, there's a world where Romeo is going to get more minutes. There's less competition on the on the Spurs. And Pop's going to really value that perimeter defense. So there's a chance that we start to see Romeo develop elsewhere. It hurts, but, you know, at the end of the day, it, like I said on a podcast recently, this is people's careers, man. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm more happy. Like, if he gets minutes and gets an opportunity to develop and show that he can be a viable piece, then cool. Now, Derek White coming back, on the other hand, I haven't, like, I've said this a few times to a few people since the trade happened. I haven't seen enough of Derek White to really be like, yo, this is a great trade. This is a bad trade. Like, yeah. I, There's a lot of film I need to do before I really consolidate my opinion. But first call is this opens up a lot of minutes at the at the free. Well, hold on, R- real quick. Let, let's just recap real quick what the actual full trade is, just so we give the the whole context to everybody. Okay. Yeah. 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 Have you got so it in Derek, front of you? Yeah, I got it in front of me. I got I, I've got a notepad. I'm I'm so old school. I've been writing down the trades as they come in all day instead of just copying paste them into a document like you know a normal person in 2022. But I do have a notepad in front of me, so <laughs> let's go ahead and and get that all done. So Derek White comes back to the Celtics. Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford, a first round pick in 2022, top four protected. So this upcoming draft, uh, that pick will go to the Spurs. And then the Spurs also get the opportunity to swap a first round pick in 2028. So that's the total framework of the Celtics and Spurs trade from earlier today. How do you feel about that? I feel like the pick is where everybody kind of, it, it was the sticking point for a lot of people. And I have my opinion there, but I want to hear what yours is first. Well, I'm very much in the same boat as you, and it's, it's kind of funny because I live in Austin, Texas, and so, you know, geographically, the Spurs are actually the closest 
you know, NBA franchise to me. But because of that, the way the NBA League Pass rules work, it's the hardest franchise for me to watch games because they always have these weird blackout restrictions that try to get you to buy cable. Haven't had cable in years. So I'm much like you in the sense that, like, I need to wrap my head a little bit more around Derek White, do a little bit more, more deep dive on him. My initial thought is he feels very similar to Marcus Smart. So it feels like we kind of have two Marcus Smarts, which in some ways can be a good thing. In some ways could be a little bit too much. You know, we'll, I'm sure we'll, we'll get more into that. And the funniest part about this trade is the way the information trickled out, Adam, is, you know, it started off as just Jay Rich for, for Derek Wright. White, and it was like, oh, that's an interesting move. You know, I think that that could have some merit to it. Then you hear the Romeo piece and you're like, oh, OK, I get we had to maybe add in a little bit more. Then you hear the first round pick. And you're like, okay, that that seems to be, you know, quite a bit for for Derek White. And then seemingly, you know, 20 minutes later, you hear about this swap in, in 2028. So, you know, I'm at the point where I, I don't have a strong visceral reaction as in it's a home run or it's a disaster. I don't really have that feeling yet. I need to do a little bit more Derek White searching. But, you know, first gut reaction feels like a lot. You know, when you, when you think about the two picks, of a lot. plus Romeo, plus Plus Richardson, you do get a little bit more contractual control with Derek White. He had just started his rookie extension, so he's got this year plus three more at about 15 is what I think, just over 15 uh, is what he's working with. So it, it's I, I think there's, to me, Adam, the major thing I'm taking away is there has to be another move in this next you know half hour to an hour. There's got to be another move, specifically maybe turning Schroeder into a wing that I think makes this feel like it makes a little bit more sense. That hasn't happened yeah. yet, so I don't know. I mean, for me, like, the draft pick for me, I was kind of like, it is what it is, you know? Like, the Celtics haven't had time to develop the talent they've already got on their roster. Adding more talent, young talent to a roster that you don't have time oh. to develop makes no sense. Re what is your face Real quick, we, we just got a big trade here. Not with the Celtics, but it is a big trade. So the Mavericks are trading Porzingis to the Wizards for a package around Spencer Dinwiddie. I don't see the other details yet, but... Davis Batons as well. Okay. Yeah, wow, that's a big one. I saw Porzingis rumored to the Raptors earlier, but Porzingis to the Wizards. I mean, that I guess that feels like a last-ditch effort to appease Bradley Beal and, and say, hey, look, we got you, Porzingis. Um, but yeah, anyways, back, back to the Derek White deal. We'll, we yeah, so the, so the pick for me was just kind of like, yeah, okay, it's it's a lot. You know, the ro giving up Romeo, giving up Jay Rich and the pick was a lot. But the pick to me was just a sweetener because although it's a first-round pick, as I said, if you do use it, the guy's going to end up glued at the end of the bench anyway. We've just seen that with if Pritchard and Neesmith that are in their sophomore years are struggling to get minutes and you're not getting a lottery guy like a top one to five draft selection anyway, odds are they're not going to play. So yeah. I'm completely, I'm okay with that. As much as it kind of like, you know, it feels like a lot, but at the same time, it was a piece that would never have developed here because we've seen that with other guys right now. So fine, let's move on from that. I've said my piece on Romeo. One of the things for me is at the moment, I'm like, they either want to move on from Schroeder and bring in a wing, or they have high hopes that with additional reps, Aaron Neesmith is going to become something reasonably um, viable for them. Because if you look at it now, the way Jay Rich is gone, Romeo's gone, that secondary wing position is Aaron Neesmith right yeah. now. It's empty, right? yeah, it's empty minus him. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, the other thing to note as well was like, you know, with the PJ Dozier and Bowl Bowl trade earlier that got them back, I think it was a second round draft pick or mm -hmm. a draft swap yeah. or whatever it was. And got like, them under the luxury tax as well. 
it also opened up two roster spots by sending out two for one with San Antonio as well. You've now got three open roster spots. Uh, so you can start looking at the buyout market as well, maybe. But again, you know, these guys, these are guys that are getting bought out for a reason. It's very, yeah, it's yeah, hard. yeah. They're not going to save your season is the, is kind of the point, you know? <laughs> so this is just from Steve Ballpett, put it out a minute ago. One NBA executive just told me he thinks there has to be more coming from the Celtics. If what I'm hearing is right on this, the players, the first round and the pick swaps 2028 20, for white, that's a lot. I want to see what's next before I tell you what I think. Yeah. So it does feel like, I mean, for me that, look, I, the first thing I did, was I pulled up Derek White's play-by-play on Basketball Reference, which, tell, which tells you what, how much of his time he spends at each position, right? So for the last three seasons, pretty much, he's been a two-guard, pretty much exclusively. 84% at the two at the two during 2019 to 2020, 70% at the two-guard last season, 78% at the two this season. That's how much of his time on the floor he spent playing the two. Yeah. So to me, I'm like, right then, so I'm assuming if, you, if you're doing what you, if you're, Putting Derek White into the starting lineup, which I'm assuming you will, maybe, or you, or Derek, or is it going to be Derek White coming off the bench at the two? You know, like however you want to do it, he's not a point guard. He could run the point a little bit, mm-hmm. but he he's more of a, a shooting guard. And I saw somebody kind of say like, "Oh, his shooting numbers aren't great." So let's have a look at those. I mean, they're basically I mean, Marcus Smart. I mean, like like when I yeah, said that, I earlier, like like it's, it's about thirty. This year he's down at about thirty one percent. But he's about for his career thirty four percent on you know not not crazy volume but you know enough volume like I said it's very it's very market like when you if you just were to put up you know when they do those those blank like you know player A player B and you just list their stats and it's like guess who's who like him and Marcus Smart have some pretty pretty similar stat lines you know minus you know a few of like the steal statistics a few other things here but if you're just looking at and I think Derek White's points are a little bit higher over the last two years but that has to do with the team he was on as well but a lot of the other stats. Are, are pretty similar to that of, of Marcus Smart, you know? So there's also a little bit of me, aside from this year's fit, which I think we have to hold up on, is he the is he starting? Is he going to be the sixth man? We, like I said, there's still a little bit of time left here, and it feels like there's something else coming. And I think that will help determine, you know, whether he's the starter or sixth man. But is there there's a little bit of me that went to, is he a little bit of Marcus Smart insurance? for Not this year, but maybe, you know, if something comes up in the offseason. You know, like I wonder his his contract's pretty similar, a few mil less, not by much, but it kind of gives you a little bit more optionality. And maybe you move Derek White, too. Like, that's another option, too, is that that's, you know, a piece that you move in the future. Um, But it it feels like it gives you an option where if you lose one of them, you still have the other one. And they they play similar, you know, similar spots with an EMA system. The only downside to this now is you've got Marcus, Dennis and Derek White that are all subpar shooters. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So so I feel like you need to make a move in in one aspect to lighten the fact that the you've got three primary guards in your rotation and none of them can shoot a lick. Like yeah. I know every, you know what I mean? I know that Marcus yeah, that's Smart a problem. can have his he can Marcus <laughs> Smart can have his days, but and I'm assuming Derek White can have his days, and we saw Schroeder have a day like that yeah, the other days. day. But at the same time, you want consistency. You don't want to be thinking to yourself, right, we've got three guards that can't shoot. Each one of them tend to go off once every five games. Whose turn is it tonight? You know what I mean? I don't want yeah. that unpredictability. You need to come into a game knowing exactly what you're going to get. So that's a downside. As I said at the start of the show, the one thing I'm really keen to do is try not to 
have a bias at the moment. There's, you know, I've got my film downloading right now. Well, downloading, I've opened up my, my um, Instat. I'm going to be diving into a bunch of game footage over the next 24 hours just because I really need to conceptualize his play style. See. What, how is he going to run with screens? What's he, how is he going to fit with what Udoka's trying to do? Now, the good thing is he's coming from the Spurs, which means he's you know, very I mean, familiar that, with the Doka. And he also played, uh, I think I've seen it here, in the, during the 2019 Team USA training camp, he played with the Jays and Marcus there as well. So, you know, there is a fam- there is a some level of familiarity with Derek White coming in here, and I'm sure his relationship with Udoka through the Spurs and Team USA played a role in, in making this move. So we've got this here, Chris A. Advanced stats love him. It's estimated plus minus 95th percentile. I mean, that's the, the one thing I tried not to do with advanced stats is take my, um, take my, base my entire opinion on something like that. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you can have these advanced stats darlings that really just don't look like the finished product on the floor. And then it can be the other way around as well. You have somebody that looks fantastic but the advanced stats don't do anything. I think you need to pair the two together and kind of find a middle ground and that'll give you an open picture. It's definitely something, I'm not saying that, um, I'm definitely not discrediting what you've put there, Chris. It's just something I feel like I need, me personally, I like to kind of dive into both and I just haven't had the opportunity to do so yet. I mean, right now, uh, Keith Smith just tweeted out there's 15 minutes left until the deadline closes. But as people have been pointing out all day, it doesn't mean you uh, trades won't trickle through after those 15 minutes. It just means you need to be in the call queue, I think it was put like. You need to be on call waiting. They're going to time state <laughs> what time that call comes in. As long as you beat that deadline, you're all right. If let's, let's do some little bit of hypotheticals here. Let's do it. If, if this is all we get, right, and this is the move that Brad made, and he's got under the luxury tax. He he probably feels like he's improved the team some way or some form. Where do you think they go? How do you think that wing rotation looks now? I mean, at the present moment, as it currently stands, to your point earlier, they don't have a they don't have a choice. Like Aaron Neesmith has to get playing time. You know, he he it's going to be ha- like a partial of hoping that him getting consistent minutes turns him into something this year, or also sets him up for for more success next season or increases his value for the off season. But at the very least, he's going to have to play because, you know, we talked a lot the other day on the podcast about Ime over the last two weeks or so, for the most part, condensing his rotation down to eight players. One of those guys is gone in Josh Richardson. Derek White's now going to be subbed into that eight man rotation. But to your point, that's a lot of guards. You know, there's not enough wing defenders in there. Even when you start staggering, you know, Al and and, and Rob, so you have a, a big man on the court at, at all times, like, that eight-man rotation to try and go the next two months and then ideally into the into the postseason of some sort, like that doesn't really seem to fit. So Neesmith's gonna have to to play if it stays this way, which is you know as we're seeing, it doesn't feel like that's gonna happen. But we don't know. There's 15 minutes, you know, like there's there's not a ton of time. Even if you're in the queue, there's still not a ton of time left to to get something done. But but let me ask you this, Adam. In, in the same way that we're kind of you know theorizing what might happen. It, Dennis Schroeder feels like the most likely candidate out of what's yeah. left. But then again, we never heard anything about a Derek White rumor, a Josh Richardson rumor. So something could come out of left field and maybe Al Horford goes out and two pieces come back. We have multiple roster spots open. That's a possibility as well. So, you know, it, let's just keep it with Schroeder for a minute, though. If he goes out, would like a shooting wing be the ideal, you know, person that comes back? Not even naming anyone specific, but like yeah. 
talent set. That that's what I gotta think you're looking. A three and D wing would be ideal. Yeah, and, and or, you know who you can get at that price. I don't know, but you know you got a little wiggle room right now. So see what they can. I do. mean, I was away for about an hour. I took my daughter to jujitsu, so I'm assuming I've missed out on a few deals. Is PJ Washington off the table now? He is not in Montrez. Okay. So Montrez Harold did go to Charlotte. So they did okay. get they did get a big man. But I did see that there was a rumored report of them looking at a PJ Washington for Jacob uh, Portal Pertle. I think that's how you say Jacob Pertle. Jacob Pertle. Yeah, I messed up both of them. My apologies <laughs> to, to Jacob, who I'm sure is tuned into the Celtics Blog Podcast, waiting to see if he's getting <laughs> traded. Um, but uh, yeah, I saw that rumor out there. But no, PJ Washington still on the table. That's a guy we talked about yesterday yeah. that I do really like. Um, so, you know, DiVincenzo already got moved earlier today. That was the big Schroeder rumor earlier. So, you so know, the thing well, for me right now is the biggest loser at the moment is Peyton Pritchard. Because there's just another high-level guard in front of him. Now, granted, like, you know, everyone could be like, oh, well, Derek White's going to play the two. Well, Peyton Pritchard played a lot of two last season. Mm-hmm. I, I've been championing to put Peyton Pritchard in at the two more this year if it means that he's going to get more minutes. So I feel like at the moment, Peyton Pritchard's getting his minutes squeezed even more. Yeah. And that, that, I mean, at the same time, if you, if you end up developing Neesmith and he becomes a reliable three-point shooter that can score on three levels and defend, then fine. You know, it's so be it is what it is. You move on from Pritchard in the offseason or you or Pritchard absorbs Schroeder's minutes in the offseason, whatever it may be. But it does feel like there's a little bit more, a little bit of a hole like on the wing now and a little bit of an overload in the guard region. And I, I'm just not sure. I felt like the one good thing about this Celtics roster leading into today was there was quite a good balance. It was deep, you know, it was hard for these young guys to get minutes, but there was a balance. It just needed a bit more at the four. I didn't see them moving for an additional guard. I just yeah. didn't see it. that Took was something that came out yeah, it came out of left field completely. And I think that was the hard part for me to kind of conceptualize is in my head, you didn't need another guard. But as you, you've made me think, like, maybe there's a market smart deal on the horizon. Maybe they and see, oh, we got Amaro here. Sorry if I've just um, butchered your name. I can't see the Celtics carrying four point yeah. guards over the next 10 minutes. Me neither. I genuinely cannot see it happening. <laughs> we're we're going to hang on for dear life for that for that phone cue, Adam, to wait and see what happens because there, there just has to be something else that's coming. I, I don't know what it is. I, I think our guy that you just pulled up here, I think he's right. The, the four guards just doesn't make sense. And, you know, I do think, though, to your point of, you know, Peyton Pritchard getting squeezed out, and at least right now, there's an avenue for Aaron Neesmith. If there's a priority on developing one of the two, I would lean towards Neesmith, even though I think Pritchard's the more game-ready player right now. Neesmith is more of a priority in that sense, because if he turns into what he theoretically has been listed as, that's a huge get for this team. And especially if you can get two more years out of a rookie deal, and if he becomes something that you get a little extension on, like that's that, that's a big time get for this team in the short term and long term. Now, depending on what move may happen here in the next 10 to 15, 20, 30 minutes past the deadline, you know, that that might not be the avenue they go. But it's I don't know. We're we're sitting here waiting. Something's something's going to give at some point. I just don't understand. Like The problem is and one of the hardest things to kind of conceptualize, I keep using that word. One of the hardest things to kind of wrap your head around is the fact that you can't, you have to make a deal when it's available. So that deal for Derek White, Brad Stevens probably thought to himself, this is a deal I really want. I think it improves the team. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the next deal he had in mind, he can get over the line. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's the hard part. Or he might be like, oh, these guys know I'm up against it because I've got too many guards and people are asking for ridiculous prices or ridiculous returns. Mm -hmm. And then Brad's like, you know what? No, I'm going to roll with too many guards. We're going to start playing small ball. We're going to put Derek White at the five and we're going to do some crazy stuff. And And there's a chance that happens. We need to trade Marcus Smart for Collins. I mean... that could be an. I don't think that's going to happen in the next ten minutes. I could be wrong, obviously, but like, that's not as far fetched in the off season. I think. Like, I do think that. Like, I do think to Wayne's point. Like, that could be the Derek White insurance factor that I was talking about. Where, you know, now you have it, it makes it a more realistic possibility, and I think it makes more sense if that move ever happens. Whereas before, if you were just taking smart with John Collins, and that was the the deal. Like, I don't really like how that looks. Maybe I feel a little bit better after getting a taste of Derek White. <laughs> maybe do you know what I, I think that there's gonna be i think a lot of people are really um really out on this Derek white con- uh, deal straight away because of that draft pick and i completely understand yeah. i do i get it for me i'm not too bothered for the reasons i said at the top of the show but i i, I am sitting here thinking there's just a lot of um a lot of holes now because not only do you have the hole at the four that was there to begin you know that was already there to begin the day but now you're weakened on the wing. And this is a wings league, especially if you make it into the playoffs. Seven to go. Yeah, I saw that's that. still four. <laughs> yeah, I wish I was too, man. We should we should have brought a couple of beers here for us. <laughs> what we got here? Pritch got hosed this year. Hosed. Dude can play well, but not while he's on the bench most of the season. Confident, handles the ball well, focused tough. Other guys are up and down and still not defined. Just my two cents. I think that's perfectly fair. Like, there's not much I can really argue with there. I do think that, you know, right now he's getting squeezed more. If anything, Pritchard's the biggest loser from this trade deadline at the moment, for the, from the Celtics aspect anyway. What else we got here? I guess we're not really in win-now mode this season, but I could see a Belicha and an OK player in a depth chart as part of a Schroeder multi-team deal. Yeah. I, could, I could understand that. I mean, I, I don't know how I feel about it. it. Well, Maybe so real quick. A bit of time for Golden State this year. Back to a point you brought up that, you know, once you make that that trade for Derek White and you may have plans to go then flip Schroeder for something else, but then they're like, well, now we're going to press you because we know you have too many guards. And so maybe Brad ultimately just walks away like, all right, we're rolling with these, you know, three guards and we're going to figure it out. We'll, we'll deal with it this year is, you know, I mean, Schroeder's only on the books for this year and Derek White with the way his contract is set up is more of a long-term play than it is. I think we're going for a championship this year. So I do think there's a chance that if, if Brad just doesn't like what's out there, that he says, you know, screw it. We'll be a little weird for this year. We'll be a little funky and we'll we'll go small. And then we can, you know, we still have a lot of flexibility in the offseason. Schroeder comes off the books. He's likely not re-signing for a $7 million deal. And you probably don't want him back at that point, you know, when you have Derek White and Marcus Smart. And then you can figure out some stuff with the additional flexibility that, that you have in the offseason. So I think that's absolutely a, a possibility that we get through these next couple of minutes and, Maybe Schroeder is still on the team, even though that feels weird. Long term, you still have ways that, you know, it, you're not going to... It's better to make no move than the wrong move. Yeah, for sure. And I think the other thing that I kind of took on into account before we even acquired... Well, before we... Before the Celtics even acquired... White, it's, it's a wee thing, Adam. We, we put a lot of time into this. This is a wee thing. Before White was even acquired, one of the things that I was putting a lot of stock into is like, Goran Dragic is most likely getting bought out. There's a bunch of teams that want Dragic. How many of them are going to turn their nose up at um, entering a bidding war for Schroeder 
and feel like they have a very reasonable chance of acquiring Dragic. Do you know what I mean? Even if it's only two teams yeah. that have been in conversations, that's still two less opportunities you have to move on from Schroeder at the deadline. I feel like, I don't think it's a game changer, but I definitely think that's going to have some form of impact on the way discussions are going. And I know teams, because you know you know who who is it at the moment, Dallas are heavily favoured to sign Dragic. But he gets to out. that point, they just traded for Dinwiddie. Exactly. So You know, so maybe that changes things. It does change things, of course it does, but then who's next up? Do you know what I mean? So I definitely think there's um a point in time where it's like your your bargaining chips and your bargaining power with asking for Schroeder, who is an expiring deal and um Marks from ESPN has been on this a bunch of like whoever acquires Schroeder is gonna have the same issues retaining him as mm-hmm. what Boston would do. So that's also like um it yeah. kind of puts a limit around what his value really is. It's, I don't think it's as easy as what everybody thinks it is to move on from Dennis, even though I've been championing to move on from him too. Especially, you know, especially if the report's true that Brad wants an asset back and he doesn't just want draft picks, you know, like if he actually wants some type of tangible asset, that makes it a little bit more difficult. And then the pool of, of teams that are that are looking for him, it's going to be teams that are contending this year. You know, you've seen Philly out there. We've talked about Chicago, Cleveland. They've all kind of made some sort of moves and maybe they don't make sense. Ironically, the Lakers have been floated out there quite a bit today. That would be a extremely uh, hilarious twist to all of this if somehow Dennis Schroeder ends up back in L.A., um, but yeah, I, I think it's it's really interesting as we get really really close to this deadline here to see if there's there's going to be that movement and it, and it feels right now, Adam, where there hasn't been you know since that Porzingis trade what 20 minutes ago maybe and then before that there's a little bit of a lull. I feel like right after we hit this three o'clock deadline, we're going to get an influx of a couple of deals that uh, that start to trickle out. Now, do you know what's going to happen? We're going to run until like 30 minutes after the deadline. It's going to be quiet. We're going to end. <laughs> and then it's all going to trickle out. Right. Because that's the way life goes, you know? Did you find a beer? Did you get beer? I did not. I got a little Waterloo here. So I got, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pretend it's a, it's a, a flavor beer here. It's like a, you know, it's like a seltzer water, sparkling water. Oh, Flavored okay. sparkling water. Yeah. Big fan of those. Big fan. What's this? I would trade Sh- <laughs> Schroeder for a ball caddy in a top 28% in second. <laughs> <laughs> I've been saying similar. I said I'd trade him for a rump steak. The worst. Well, yeah, here's the thing, man. If you, if you don't like those Schroeder and, and Smart minutes, he's probably going to get some Schroeder and White minutes. And if we're saying Derek White's kind of similar to Marcus Smart, you may not like those either. <laughs> it's going to be just as bad. Exactly. I don't, I don't, again, I need to watch the film, but I don't think White is as explosive as what Schroeder is. I mean, I haven't seen enough. I, to I, I've, I've got to watch more of that. But, yeah, it, you know, I think that's going to be the hard part. While we're waiting, Adam, here to see see what news trickles out, let, let's talk about the big news of the day. Take it Are, slow, Amaral, man. We need you. We need you. <laughs> we need you. you hang know, in on there. a level. Hang yeah, in stay there. with us. Stay with but, us. Let, let's hit the big trade of the day. What would you What do you think about the Simmons Harden trade actually going through? I think Brooklyn done well. Like, I think Simmons actually fits well there. Um, if you, if he plays, he's a great fit. Yeah, I think you'll see him on the floor within two weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe he just enters a reconditioning camp. We don't know yeah. what type of body conditioning he's been doing. Um, but I think we see him start to play again now. And then you're going to get Seth Curry. I mean, Harden and Embiid together are either going to be really, really good or they're going to clash and be really, really yeah. bad. Yeah, I mean, I think... It makes oh, sense to impair like like Embiid and Harden. They see <gasps> Daniel Tice is coming back. Oh, what do we got? Give it to me, Adam. Give it to me. Uh, Houston is trading Daniel Tice to the Celtics. Sources tell ESPN. 
Okay. All right. Another shoe falls. Let's let's see what it is on the Let on the return. The war on toys begin. <laughs> <laughs> Man, oh, yo, so no nobody loves Daniel Tice like Brad Stevens. Oh, Danny so Ainge had to force Daniel Tice out of town so that Brad Stevens would give Rob Williams minutes last year, and now he just bring now he gets a little bit of power, brings him right back. But I love this move. Depending on you know, we'll see what what goes out. But if you have, and you know, we've talked about this before, it's a little dangerous right now rolling with Enos Freedom as your third big man, and when you're trying to put him into certain spots, Daniel Tice taking that and becoming a ninth man that you can use and. You know, you can kind of do it too big with with him and Rob or him and Horford, kind of the way you do it with your starting lineup. Now, I don't know if not everybody loves it, but that net rating with that team is really, really good. You know, Tice gives you a few more options in that sense as well. So the Boston Celtics are trading Den Dennis Schroeder to the Houston Rockets in a package for Daniel Tice, sources tell the Athletic. Okay. So that's done. Now, again, that still <laughs> doesn't... <laughs> uh, I don't know how that works because now you've got... Now, so let's go through the big man rotation now Al Horford, Robert Williams, Daniel Toys, Bruno Fernando and Ennis Freedom I mean, I, I would assume maybe there's another small move or you're just... Because they still have open roster spots, right? They still have two open... Or three... Is it still... No, it's, if it's one for one, they still have three open roster spots. Yeah, and don't forget, this is... It says a package and we haven't seen what the package is yet. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, because the Celtics, as at least from what I last saw, with some of the moves they've made earlier today, they got three mil under that, that luxury tax, which we've talked about, which is not super sexy to talk about, but apparently has been a, a very strong priority of Stevens in the front office. And so Schroeder, if you look at him compared to Tice's contract, which by the way, Tice now also has this year plus three more. So he's back in Boston, at least for a while, as of right now, you know, their contracts are roughly about two and a half million apart. So that fits in that little, in that little, um, that little space that you have between the, yeah. the luxury tax here. So you Celtics should still be under if there's no one else going out besides Schroeder. I mean, the only thing is, like I say, is that back that, that jam at the five now. Yeah. You know, and that, that's to me is like, maybe there's one more we see, but I'm trying in my head. I'm like, well, who does, who does Boston really have to move now? Like Schroeder's gone. So that's one of your trade assets yep. is gone. Josh Richardson's gone. Really all that's left for you now is to try and package a Bruno Fernando, Peyton Pritchard type Neesmith, of deal. Neesmith, a pick. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I mean, like I, I said, I'd, I'd caution against packaging Neesmith as well because well, it's Let, let be me put fit. this out there to you, Adam. And I briefly mentioned this a, a little bit ago here, bringing, in, bringing back Tice. And then this would be something big that comes in kind of like a like a buzzer beater here now that we're like a few minutes past the deadline. Um, you know, a Horford two for one type swap and, you know, you know what I mean? To, to cut down on that that big man rotation, you know, that I don't know if that's out there. We'll see pretty soon if that's something, but something to keep in mind here as we see what trickles in right after the deadline. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like there needs to be at least one more like that in my head. I'm like, there's just too many bigs now. Yeah, and there's a bit of a crossover too, you know, like, and you're still you're still weak on the wing right now. There's still yeah, this still is missing concern. somebody on the wing, somebody just somebody to take the pressure off Neesmith. I mean, unless they really believe that Neesmith can be that guy. I mean, the, the the evidence of so far in this year does not back that up. 
but at all. You know, so I don't know. That'd be surprising. Uh, Houston gets Ennis Freedom and Bruno Fernando in the deal too. Okay, okay. now things that, sound a lot better. Cuts it down. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> a lot better. Okay, so now what? Now the big man rotation is very much. Um, so Houston get Ennis Freedom, Bruno Fernando, Dennis Schroeder, and then Boston gets Daniel Toys. That's where we're at at okay. the moment. Ideally, I would very much like somebody to tweet out Boston also get Kevin Porter Jr. That is exactly what I would like. But that's not going to happen. Yeah, let me see how that... So, so let's see. Tice was making 8.2. We just sent out Schroeder at 5.8. You said it was Freedom and Bruno? Yeah, Freedom and Bruno. But we don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> no, I don't, no. Apparently, that's an Encanto <laughs> reference. I haven't seen it. So, I, oh, I don't, dude, I don't understand it. Really it. I've heard it's ending good. Is, I've heard it's ending good. is really frustrating. I was very disappointed. <laughs> but the film in itself is fantastic. Let's see let's what we see. got. We got so, Bruno's 1.7. We got... So let's see. I'm, I'm I'm trying to look through the roster of the Rockets and see what it's, else might fit. I mean, Kevin Porter salary wise, <laughs> does Jayshon Tate fits in there as a wing? I'm just, see, I mean, I feel like the, I'm guessing Keith Smith just tweeted out. I'm guessing the Celtics took another player back in this Houston trade. Boston can't be sitting at four open yeah. roster spots. So that's so what that's, I'm looking at. Yeah, we're just waiting to hear who that fourth guy, that second guy coming back is. I think that like. Okay, so now the big man rotation at the moment is Al Horford, Robert Williams, Daniel Tice. I feel very comfortable with that. 100%. You know, I feel like that's a big upgrade. I like, you know, Bruno Fernando, I hope he gets minutes down in Houston. I don't think he wasn't Freedom getting them will, here. You know, I don't like, think Freedom will get playing time. I think Freedom's no. a buyout candidate at this point. Um, and, you know, so be it. But at the moment, I'm very much like, I feel good about where this team is now. I feel like. They need, there's definitely needs to be somebody coming back or Boston have made another deal, but I don't know what else they've got left to trade at this point. Yeah, the Celtics don't have much left to trade. And I'm just, I'm constantly refreshing right now, waiting to see who that spot is. Cause there's, there's a big part of me right now that's really hoping it's Jay Sean Tate. That, okay. I, I think that would, I mean, he fits in money wise. He's 1.5 million. You know, Kevin Porter Jr. is an interesting one, but it, fell, it feels like the, the Rockets benched John Wall this whole year trying to give him opportunity. So I don't know if if, if that makes sense, but yeah. It, it, I got very be excited when I found out Tyus was coming back. I was doing like the little hand clicky thing. I was like, oh my God, Tyus. Actually, uh, funny enough, Adam, you mentioned this yesterday. Maybe maybe you'll be a little bit Nostradamus. You mentioned it'd be kind of funny if Garrison Matthews finds his way back. I know, yeah, right. He, he actually could, could be one of the guys that fits in here. Back. He could be him. There's your shooting on the wing, dude. Hey, man, we messed up. Our what bad. We should have kept you earlier. They're not playing Wolves, so why would they want another veteran PG? Uh, do you know what? That's Houston's problem, buddy. I genuinely don't know. It's got to be just freedom of the salary cap. Because, I mean, yeah. like I said, Tice has another three years after this on his deal. I think it's three years. Uh, and then just they, time, yeah. yeah. And then they and then they just get off Schroeder after the year. That's that's the play for them. Houston's just, problem. It's salary dump. Yeah, yeah, it's Houston's deal. Let them worry about that. We, what, we're, what we're worrying about is who is the other person coming back in this deal? Yeah. If there is one and if there isn't, where... Does the wing out come from? Brian Robb just made a really great point. 2021 trade deadline. Celtics trade Daniel Tice at 259. 2022 trade deadline. Celtics trade for Daniel Tice at 259. Back-to-back years buzzer beaters with Daniel Tice and the Boston Celtics. (laughs) Celtics blog just tweeted, Ime, I'm going with an eight-man rotation, Brad. Okay, that's all the players you're going to have on the roster. (laughs) 
Because <laughs> where are they now? Like nine man or eleven man roster? Or okay, Rogers. Yeah, we, I mean, that. we're missing somebody here. Like, right? Like, there's, there's still open right. roster spots, so there's got to I mean, be somebody. Got no deal for the Knicks. But yeah. I don't care about the Knicks. There needs to be somebody else, right? Lakers. Apparently, I saw Woj just tweeted out, "No deal, no deal for the for Lakers." Lakers. They, they're just gonna look at the buyout market. That does I mean, not that sound good what, for them. Could be what Boston does too, right? But I'm assuming. I mean, if no one's coming back extra from Houston, then there's gonna have to be a buyout, right? Some of these guys are getting bought out mm-hmm. because there's not enough roster spots in Houston to make this work either. What we got here? Sorry, I'm missing the chat, guys. Everybody's going really quick. I apologize. Daniel Tice, now we go for Aaron Baines. Do you know what? After reading that story on Aaron Baines, I'd be happy for him to get yeah. a roster. But more I'd love for him yo, for him just to be that. I think we kind of talked about this the other day. A veteran presence at the end of the bench would love Aaron Baines to be that guy. And so Sam Hauser could be getting called that's, up. That's, that's not a bad call. It's that's a good not a bad chat. call. I like it's that. A good chat. I can reach out to Sam and see if he wants to come back on and tell us about his experiences. Yeah, I don't I don't even think right now we're at the minimum of, of players you need for an NBA roster. So <laughs> there's, there's, there's got to be something else coming here. It's just not making sense. Make <laughs> it make sense. Oh, man, I love deadline days. So oh, make it make sense. Don't get me wrong. I'm, if, if Lee Smith is that guy, then I'm okay with it. I'm a little bit excited as well. Do you know what I mean? Because I've been... Like, at the beginning of the season, I was very, I was at the forefront of the. You and Greg were on the start yeah, him right away train. Start him right away because, and you know, he's lost a lot of, um, lost a lot of confidence. It's affected him. His shots not falling anymore. It just doesn't look good. We've got what we've got here. Toysi's back, bro. Yo, Uzi. <laughs> Uzi's awesome. Every time I release an episode of anything, Uzi's comment is Adam the Goat. <laughs> so, uh, I've always got time for you, bro. I'm hyped to. I'm hyped to, I hope yeah, I, ju- I just saw uh, who's ready for the triple big lineup. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna have to be right. We're gonna be playing Daniel Tice. I, at mean, the I guess so. I guess so. Let's see uh, here. I can start going back to Tice, Tice, baby. Whenever he does something good, <laughs> I love it. I'm, re- I'm, I'm genuinely really happy that Daniel Tice is back. I really like what that does for this team. I, that's that's a move that I'm I'm fully on board with right now. Uh, is it, you came in late, bro. So uh, at the moment, I feel like the, the pick is being overvalued by a lot of the fan base. Um, just to recap, I, I need to watch more white before I have an opinion. I'm going to watch a bunch of film on him over the next like day or so. Uh, Romeo, I'm absolutely heartbroken about. I think he's going to get a good opportunity in San Antonio. I'm happy for him as long as he gets minutes. Josh Richardson, I feel um, I, like it was a sell high, right? At the end of the day, you, you yeah. got Richardson for barely anything. He built his value up to a point where you could include him in a trade to get somebody like Derek White. How long is White under contract for? He's got three more years as well. After yep, this. So he's he's in the first year of his rookie extension. Uh, it's 15 mil this year. I don't have it in front of me if it like escalates one way or the other, but 15 million right now per year is, is roughly what you're looking at. Okay, Jeff Goodman, Celtics fans. Here's one teammate of Derek White's on his game. Super unselfish, competes his butt off. Very underrated defensively. He can be a full-time pork guy point guard rockets may look at buyouts on one or both of these players per sources and that's aiming at fernando and freedom so there's a chance that both of these guys enter the buyout market that houston won't keep them around which is what we just said right because it doesn't make sense for them they're not going to have the roster space and i i mean does that mean that no one's coming back boston does boston have another deal lined up well, maybe so re- real quick let's reset the celtics roster here brian rob just just tweeted this out there's five open roster spots right now that five. feels like a lot that's a lot there's five that's open a, rosters. that's a large quantity of that's a large spots. quantity so right now guards we have marcus smart Derek white peyton pritchard 
forward slash wings, we have Tatum, Brown, Grant Williams, Aaron Neesmith. Bigs, we have Rob Williams, Al Horford, Daniel Tice. To, I forget who made the point earlier. Hauser could get called up. To maybe it's it's more like four open roster spots if they, they move him up from that. I think he's on a two-way deal, right? Yeah, but he can pretty much play all season. You can pretty much anyway. play, yeah, so exactly. You, you wouldn't call, you wouldn't try, um, I you don't think a roster spot. Yeah, you, yeah. Would, you wouldn't pull it onto the roster. You wouldn't convert that contract. But, well, Adam, let's buckle up, man. We're, we're, we got to figure out this roster spot situation. <laughs> There's got to be somebody else in here. I mean, it doesn't look like it at the moment. Everyone's tweeting that, like, you know, Shams has just come out absolutely just a treadline day show. Celtics blocked us five open rosters, but there's a lot of open <laughs> rosters. Maybe they're looking at the buyout market, but who's there? Who's I mean, reading? maybe an interesting name that I did see uh, Nikias Duncan write about at, at Basketball News the other day was potentially Gary Harris. I think that's an interesting buyout guy. I wouldn't, want, I wouldn't really want to trade for him, but I, as a buyout guy, 100% I'd be in. I mean, it's just a, I, I, it's just a lot of open space. Yeah, and again, you're still weak on the wings. Yeah, the 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 wing spot is the biggest question for me with the Celtics right now, and and, and what happens? Four point guards to five open spots. Good thing I have a six pack. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to make of that. Like there will I, be no Romeo slander. No, we can't do that. We can't do that. This is a day to remember the good times. They were fleeting. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> but there was a few. There's a couple. There's a couple. Yeah. Remember that Duncan Summer League? That was awesome. Oh, man. Yeah, the, the, the Summer League. Those, <laughs> yeah. that, that's the memory we've got right now. Do you remember that's the game we like. drafted? All the, all the hosts. <laughs> what we got? Yeah, oh, Woj, I already got Woj, are waving uh, freedom. Yeah. Freedom is yeah, now. Woj. Freedom will clear waivers and he will be free to do as he pleases. Let's um, see here. Uh, yeah okay if we don't bring back Isaiah Thomas now I'm going to be big mad <laughs> you want another point guard whoever said that you want another uh, Celtics one plug is a joke more we, than anything we go but... in DJ Khaled on this uh, another one you want a point guard another one another one it's uh <laughs> I, I genuinely uh I'm kind of excited to see what Nate Smith can do because like I've been very vocal about he needs more time he needs more playing time blah 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 if he ain't showing anything by the end of the year, and my, my tone is going to be he needs to be moved, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know? I mean, what's the chance that they're going to... Read out the wings again. you got Jalen, Jason, and so Neesmith. Jalen, Jason, Neesmith. If you want to count Grant as like a, a wing slash big... Yeah, you ain't putting Grant down to the free, though. But I mean, honestly, the way the team's set up right now, Tice and Grant are both kind of have to play the wing a little bit, right? <laughs> like, yeah, if we just have no the roster we're looking at, they don't no really have choice, an option, dude. you know? Especially if you go to Neesmith and then... They're going to tell Udoka. What's that? They're just going to say to Udoka, right, forget coaching. We need you to play till the end of the year. Brad's going to step back down and run yeah. things. Too bad we still don't have Evan Turner on the uh, on the coaching roster. You know what I'm just, bring, just bring maybe him back. Why they didn't, maybe that's why they didn't renew his coaching contract because they knew this was going to happen. It was the plan all along. They're yeah. finessing the system. He's been, he's been working out in the background the whole time. Paul Pierce is going to come out of retirement for a few months. It's going to be something crazy like that. <laughs> I mean, look. It's only been, what, 15 minutes since the deadline closed. The Celtics could have made that first call and are back on another call as well. I'm just waiting to get through. You just I don't a, know. I see a good one here. Let's bring Joe Johnson back. He had a, he had a good 10-day run with us. Joe Johnson but, back on I the mean, team. I mean, it's a possibility, right? I mean, at the same time, I'm kind of like, if this is what it is, then this is what it is. There's going to be some more stuff happening in the coming days off the buyout yeah. market for sure. 
you know, I know a name that was being floated around at one point was Millsap, but he was part of that deal. He was part of the, the bigger deal. Yeah. The I ben mean, Simmons deal. He, he could theoretically still get released by Philly. I don't, I don't know if that makes sense for it's them. It's a veteran but, though, right? And then like, you yeah. know, he's, he's a and, and they, uh, Drummond went out in that trade. So you could see him getting some backup time at the, at the small ball five for them, you know, just to have some versatility on their bench. I could see that still being, yeah, uh, still like, being useful for them. I, I, I think if there was going to be an extra player involved in this deal, we would have heard about it by now. So I think we can move on from expecting that. Yeah. So well, let's just talk about it then. Like, like as is right now. So with that last Tice move, as it presently stands, you're looking at the starting five, which, you know, when healthy has been Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Al Horford, Rob Williams. The bench players right now with the trades made today look like we have Derek White, Grant Williams, Daniel Tice. If Ime kind of sticks with this eight-man rotation that he feels he's gone with, how do you feel about those eight? We'll talk about, you know, Aaron Neesmith or whoever else maybe gets some more playing time down the road, but let's stick to those eight because that's what's been really the catalyst during this this upturn in the schedule for the Celtics and them having us feeling like, you know, they're they're on the edge of getting out of that play-in tournament. A lot of that's been with that eight-man rotation. How do you feel about those eight men? Yeah, so I think that, you know, you're swapping Derek White straight in for Richardson. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to be swapping in Neesmith. Well, no, you probably, I mean, you, you, well, see, yeah. you can't, you're going to have right? to swap in Neesmith for sure. He's going to have to be a ninth guy. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, in there right now. I mean, what are you going to do? Swap in Tice and just not have a third <laughs> wing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how, how, uh, unless we're going to see a bunch of granite at the three, like you haven't really got a third option. Yeah. It's got. I mean, if I start seeing some the triple big lineups, genuinely feel like they're going to be a legitimate idea, like like, you know what I mean? Like, the only we're, we're at a loss for it, words right now. When see, it comes the only to other the way to back up, so you could have a rotation of smart white brown. No, you would do smart brown Tatum. Oh, hold on Horford. Here. Adam, I got a little update here from uh from Keith Smith. And it's in that Sam Hauser conversation. So the Boston Celtics will explore converting Sam Hauser to a standard contract from his two-way deal. Boston has five open routes spots to work with at today's threat. So it does look like they are going to try and use Sam Hauser to to fulfill to one Ross, of those five roster shot, spots. So, yeah. So, I mean, you know, Sam Hauser, and this is what we talked about when we picked Sam Hauser, you know, last year in the draft. Or or was was he was he was he drafted or was it a he was undrafted uh, undrafted undrafted. yeah if anyone's watching live go to my YouTube channel there's a full interview with Sam Hauser from when he got drafted with just on a one to one make sure you watch that yeah continue sorry no no I was gonna say so the the whole point with Hauser is that we wanted to take him down in Maine and and turn him into our version of you know Duncan Robinson or you know one of these other three point reclamation projects so it's interesting to see if he's gonna get a look here. I mean, I could see because, like, if like if we were doing the starting five, you do you your standard starting five. You yep. do Smart, Tatum, Brown, Horford, Rob. Then your backup would be Derek White, possibly Peyton Pritchard. Then you'd go Aaron Neesmith, Grant Williams, Daniel Tice. That, but that's a ten-man rotation. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I mean, maybe Hauser's the guy getting some minutes here, you know? I mean, he, he's been having some good numbers down in Maine. I haven't watched a ton of them. I've just seen the numbers and a few highlights. But, you know, I don't have the source. I'm just drinking. I like that. <laughs> but if it was an eight-man rotation, who who doesn't get minutes? Hey, we've got a watch tweet. What we got? Oh, we got? Ben Simmons has already talked to Kevin Durant and Sean Marks. Rich Paul okay. tells 
ESPN. Simmons is eager to join the Nets and ramp up for a return to play this season. Paul says we've got to we've got to work to do to get back to play, but it's great step in the right direction. Well, I'd be eager to play with Durant as well. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing: like the ro- the road Nets are kind of scary. Home Nets, not quite as much, but the road Nets are pretty scary when you think about Kyrie, uh, Seth Curry, Simmons, Durant. You know, insert maybe Nick Claxton at the five, and then if you yeah. rotate Seth out, if Joe Harris comes back or Patty Mills is in there, like you have playing off of KD, Kyrie, and Simmons, if they're all out there, they have some good versatility offensively. Defensively, still a little sketchy, but Ben Simmons is one of the best defenders in the league and can make up for some of that. Yeah, definitely. I think he adds some versatility to their perimeter defense. Yeah. So back to this eight-man rotation. We know the five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we know we've got Horford, Rob, Jalen, Jason, Smart. There's your five. Who are your other three? Derek I mean, White's got De- Derek, Derek's definitely in there. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think at this point Grant's Grant, solidified Grant's himself. So, then so you, you got seven, that. and then it just becomes the issue of the wing, and you know, w- w- what do you do? You know, because because it seems like talent wise, from what's left, Daniel Tice is the best option, talent wise. Yeah, but. Fit wise, I, I don't know how that works, and it feels like you know, Neesmith and Hauser at this point, from what we know, have to be guys that at least get a shot. And I think both of them give you a crack at you know what this team really needs that we've been looking for, which is that you know that shooting on the wing. And at least Neesmith, you know, he gives you that energy. Hauser yet to be seen in real minutes, but at least with Neesmith, you know, you're getting a ton of energy, and he's going to be crash Neesmith out there. So even if his three's not falling, you know, you can get five to 10 minutes out of the Tasmanian devil out there bringing, you know, a little bit of chaos onto the court, you know? So you got something there. And then with Hauser, you hope that eventually getting him some minutes will help him to kind of hit in the way a guy like Duncan Robinson does. And you want to do that on the cheap because you don't want to end up in that Burton situation like the Wizards found themselves in. So I'm just going back to Derek White. I want to see how much time you spent at the free. <laughs> okay. So this is interesting. Last season, seventeen percent of his minutes came at the small forward. Okay. The season, but in over his career, he spent six percent of his time at the three. What that tells me is he is a two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he's that much is what of, he is. I think of him as a combo guard. Like I said, I want to do a deeper dive, but kind of a combo guard is what I think of. But to the point where we said he's kind of similar to Marcus Smart. We see Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart guard up quite a bit, right? So yeah. if Derek White is in that same sense, maybe with the two of them, you can kind of guard up a little bit and you have opportunities to go with more of a, you know, Derek White, Marcus Smart, the Jays and a Rob or in, in an Al or, or some form of a lineup like that at times. I don't know. I'm, I'm We're just spitballing here. We have no idea yet. <laughs> so so the, the, I think the, hmm, how can I word this? Yeah, okay. I think the uh, the elephant in the room is the basic question of did or did the did the Celtics improve? That's like that's the question we 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 spoke about the moves, we spoke mm-hmm. about the open roster spots. I think we've hit on everything we can possibly hit on, apart from the biggest question: Are they a better team today? Well, a better team at this. What time is it in in your side? Three three twenty five, basically. Yeah, Eastern. So are the Celtics a better team at 325 than they were at 9 a.m. this morning? That's to be honest, the question. Yeah. I'm not sure. I, I, I don't know 
it, it doesn't it doesn't feel like a resounding yes or no yeah. to me right now, which I, which think, I think is important to, to, to make that delineation that just because I don't know doesn't mean that it leans in the negative sense of it being, you know, we're not a better team. I, I think there is an opportunity for us to be a better team. We've all had, you know, uh, and we've been vocal about it on the show, our issues with Dennis Schroeder. So, you know, getting a guy like Derek White in there, you know, maybe that does make a big difference. What is this? Yeah, Marcus Smart. He could play a little bit, you know, guard up on the three. We've seen him guard Porzingis, you know. Marcus Smart is willing to take on that challenge at times. So Point forward Marcus Smart. Hey, I mean, look at what the Bulls did with Javante Green. He's he's their starting power forward right now. Yeah, I mean, like, know, it, it can be done. It can be done. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think for me, the biggest question I've got is, I think talent-wise, there's been an upgrade. I think they had a bunch of... Um, and this sounds, I don't want this to be rude or derogatory to the players that have left the franchise because at the end of the day, you're only in the NBA when you're elite. You know, you're a top what 450 guy in the world. You only get to that point by being elite. But in terms of NBA talent, like, you know, being fair, there was a lot of low level talent towards the end of that bench. You know, yeah. Bruno Fernando, Freedom, um, as much as we hate to say, you know, Romeo was low level because he wasn't being developed the right way and blah, blah, blah. Doja, Bol Bol. There's a lot, and maybe they were low end talent just because they were injured. Who knows? But to, to, con, like, to condense all of that into a Daniel Tice, I'm okay with. Daniel Tice, is like, he knows the personnel on, well, a lot of the personnel on this roster, the important personnel. And then, you know, Derek White, as I said before, I need to watch play, but I, I definitely feel like there's going to be a lot of crossover between him and Jay Rich. Yeah, and then another point I want to make on the on the Daniel Tice acquisition, very similar to Derek White and his contract length, and I talked about it potentially, even not for this season, but maybe next year or down the road, being Marcus Smart Insurance. I think in the offseason, when you look ahead, to what the Celtics might do. Daniel Tice gives you a little bit of Al Horford insurance because I can see that's obviously probably going to be a priority in the offseason is once Al Horford becomes an expiring and an expiring that can can be a little bit you know uh, flexible with the way his contract is set up as far as getting out from that at about half the cost. If you move on from him, you still feel like you have a solid backup big to go with Rob Williams in Daniel Tice, a guy that can defend, a guy that's familiar with the system, a guy that works well with some of the other players on the roster. And so I think it makes you less reluctant to feel like getting out of Al's deal leaves you, you know, kind of empty handed when it comes to that big situation. So I think with Daniel Tice being locked up on a fairly reasonable deal, deal three more years at 8 million, that gives you more flexibility in the off season to give you insurance from your, your you know, from your front court perspective as well. I think you're on mute, Adam. The joys of live. I cannot remove it in the edit. <laughs> I mean, for sure. I think there's definitely a lot of longevity, a lot of insurance that's been added here. I mean, I do question like, you know, there's financial flexibility and obviously the Celtics can go into the tax next season. They've got, they created an additional TPE when they made this trade with Josh Richardson. Love I think those it, TPEs, yeah. baby. So what T you've basically done there is used one and then got a fresh one. You've just reset the timer again. Uh, you're underneath the tax as far as I'm aware. So you get that $10 million windfall or something that I saw uh, Bobby Marks write about for ESPN recently. So you've saved money there. There's still some flexibility, but also you've got long-term cost-controlled guys on, like, on the team now. You all have tradable salaries. You know, everyone used to be like, Marcus Smart is one of the most tradable piece on the Celtics because he's got a few years on his deal and it's a value deal. Well, Derek White plays to a new, like improves his level of play. You've got another tradable salary. Daniel Tice is always going to have people that 
you know, will fl- throw glances at his production because of the fact that he plays a selfless brand of basketball and he's the guy that seals around the rim. I mean, I think he invented sealant. Yeah, you, you, I love seeing know, that come yeah. back. He's he's really I, sometimes I'm not sure why it's not illegal, but he's fantastic at it. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, I, I understand that he is the man that created the seal. Have you just seen the text message too? Let's see what it says. What we got here? We got Greg. Let's see. I called the toy steal. <laughs> <laughs> if you're if you're gonna be joining us on uh on the six one seven podcast, Green with them, we're gonna make sure that you'll have heard his takes already at the beginning of this episode. So we'll we'll make sure Greg gives you all of his thoughts about nailing that deal uh, at the front at the front part of the podcast. But you have Adam, to. What so okay so so we've talked about the the Celtics perspective. Let's let's talk a little bit about let's scope out on the, on the league just for, just for a few minutes while we wait to see if anything else trickles out. Then I think we can go ahead and, and kind of wrap this up. But like you said, I'm very, I'm very wary that as soon as we call it, it's going to trickle out that we get Jay Sean Tate or whoever it might be that, that is still, that is still yeah. out there. But look, look around the league at some of the other deals that, that went through today. Is there any that particularly stand out to you? Obviously we talked about the big one, Harden Simmons, anything else that particularly uh, stands out to you? Not really. I mean, the Paul Zingas deal stands out quite a lot. I think that's a good deal. You know, I for, mean, for who? Um, for Washington or Dallas or both? For both, really. I mean, Dallas have been talking about getting off from KP since the summer. There was a discussion. Remember, one of the big things before Rick Carlisle left Dallas was the fact that Paul Zingas felt like he was being underutilized next mm-hmm. to Doncic. He was more of a floor spacer. Going to somewhere like Washington, especially without Bradley Beal for the year, he's going to get to be the yeah. focal point again. And, you know, whether or not he's capable of doing that is definitely up for debate. You know, he's injury prone as well. The Boston TPE party. I love that. that. Shout out to Donald. That's that's the one right there. The Boston <laughs> TPE party. That's our front office, man. <laughs> but I think that makes a bunch of sense. And then, you know, there's been talk about needing a point guard next to um, Doncic for a while. Like, then we just struggled this season. Maybe, in, uh, you know, but he. everybody knows what he's capable of. Maybe he can find some form playing next to Doncic. But for me, Paul Zingas is the winner of that deal because now he yeah. gets to be the man again. And when he was in New York, granted it was his first year or two in the league that we really saw him thrive as a first option and teams weren't really expecting this giant guy to be able to do what he could do on the floor. Maybe we see a bit of that back. And again, it's another step in the direction of trying to show Bradley Bill you're committed to keeping him, which is exactly what Washington have been about since they entered that soft rebuild in the summer. Yeah. So that deal struck me. I agree with our guy Donald down here. I, I like the deal for for Washington. I think it makes a lot of sense for them. You get, I, I'm not a, I don't know. Didn't Woody have gone back and forth on? I, I don't yeah, love the fit in Dallas because you know to your point, they did want someone else that handles the ball, and you know they also have Jalen Brunson in the mix as well, who I really do, who I like, and was even rumored as potentially you know a, a trade partner for the Celtics if he were to get moved. But Dinwiddie's not that great of a shooter, so you know I, I get taking the ball, giving you know getting Luca you know off the ball a little bit. But then when Luca has the ball, you can't really you're not really going to play Dinwiddie with him too much. You know I, I would like a guy that has a little bit more versatility. So I, I'm not fully sold. Although Bertans, I guess obviously from a shooting standpoint, but that that contract is not attractive. So they also took back that bad contract and got rid of Porzingis. So Dallas, I'm a little suspect on. Uh, Washington, I think that's a nice deal for them. Another deal I think is interesting. You know, from a from a Celtics perspective, is it was two of them or two moves that went down: Ibaka going to the Bucks and Thad Young going to the Raptors. I think it cost the Raptors a first round pick, which is a little a little sketchy. But I think Thad Young really fits into their just their whole dynamic of other than Fred VanVleet, we are going to be super long, super switchy, 
super versatile and gives them a little bit more veteran presence in their front court. And I mean, much like the Celtics, they're probably them and the Celtics, maybe the two hottest teams in the East right now. Uh, I think that's a real interesting move for the Raptors. I like the Raptors. Yeah. They've, they've been awesome right now. And you know, point Pascal's pretty is a, is a, is a, is a pretty interesting watch. I, I like, do you know what it is for me? I just think that they do everything the right way. Yeah. You know, I think that Fajung makes a bunch of sense for them. I don't Same. think he's going to get large quantity minutes. I just don't. But like he, the thing with Fad was if you, I don't know if you read it, but he had a thing earlier in the season where he was like, yo, dude, I'm playing the lowest minutes of my career in San Antonio. Uh, I'm accepting it because that's the role I'm being asked to play and I'm a professional, but I feel like I could help more. I think he's going to get a bit of chance to help more. I also think he's going to be a good, valuable, kind of like leader, veteran kind of like, you know, your vet to Sky. I think that he's, you know what I mean? I think that's a big thing, having a, a genuine vet like Fad come in and kind of show Scotty a few things yeah. on how to conduct yourself as a professional. Not that Scotty Barnes has ever been anything other than a professional from what we've seen. No, but, but it's always good to have that veteran exactly. NBA out yeah. who knows the ropes, you know? And, and it's not like, it, and the thing with Fad is, it's not like it's just any vet like fad is respected by fans by coach you know he's just a very well respected veteran i think that's a good move i mean, honestly i don't think toronto are going to be contending this year anyway not um, contending but i mean with them like they they have a young nucleus and so just even though some of that nucleus has been in big moments like it's still getting scotty barnes exposed to it and just like we talk about with the jays getting fred van vliet and siakam exposed as being like all right this is your team kyle lowry's not here for backup you know obviously DeRozan and and you know Kawhi have been gone for a little bit but like let's get into the middle of the postseason and say pascal and fred van vliet you're our one two scotty you're our three you know og gary Trent. let's get this nucleus you know yeah. s- some more time so i think that's i think that's a very underrated part of what people don't always factor in is that experience like i mean look at the grizzlies they got into the play-in last year got to the first round of the playoffs got a little taste I think that certainly had some sort of impact in, in where of they're course. at this year, you know? So I think any team that has a young guy that's going to be a centerpiece, which Scotty Barnes is for Toronto, you want to build around that and get that little bit of experience, even if it's not a full championship push yet, it's going to help build to that point. Yeah, and it gives you more of a hunger as well. Like, hey, I want to be lost in the first round. I'm not letting that happen again this year. And yeah. then pushes you. Honestly, though, I genuinely don't think anything else is coming out. Yeah, I, I think we're at a good point where where we can wrap, and that means if y'all are listening to us, stay tuned on Twitter because as soon as we wrap, you're gonna reach, you're gonna refresh that that feed, and something's gonna happen. Something's gonna happen. So we'll Before comment we on go, Twitter then. <laughs> for anybody that's not watching on YouTube, head over to YouTube at Adam Taylor NBA. Hit that subscribe button. We're gonna be we're pumping out content almost daily on that channel. Um, at the same time, share whether it's the podcast whether it's the live stream on facebook whether it's the live stream anywhere just share it tell everybody about adam tell them about will tell them about greg tell them about the celtics pod podcast make sure you tell them that will and greg are also running that 617 show repping boston up to dorchester boys killing it and if you want to know how you can share other than just clicking the share the retweet or the subscribe button well, Will, Will is my boy and Will understands the idea of word of mouth and he's just going to give you a little quick rundown on the best ways to do such a thing. So if you're tuned in right now, we appreciate everybody that joined us here for this live stream. This was a whole lot of fun. We appreciate if you're listening to us on the Celtics blog podcast feed the next day or if you listen to us on the 617 podcast with Green with Envy. Uh, we appreciate y'all tuning in. 
And if y'all looking to spread that good, good word, word of mouth about the Celtics blog podcast, about the 617 podcast, about Green with Envy and the three-man weave of Will, Adam, and Greg, you can do that by talking to your dad. You can talk to your uncle. You can talk to your aunt. My aunt joined the podcast earlier. Aunt Helen checked in. What up, Aunt Helen? She was back in the mix. Make sure you're telling all of your family and friends to come in here. There it is. Shout out to my Aunt Helen. Appreciate her being a big fan of the show. Uh, make sure you're telling all of your family members to come in and join us. And just for the last minute, the teacher himself. What up, Greg? What up, guys? How we feeling? How long have you been there, bro? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I literally just got here, man. I just okay. I was hoping I was hoping just to kind of hang out backstage and listen to what you guys were saying, but it sounds like you're wrapping things up here. Yeah, just wrapping up. But uh, we're talking a moment. Everybody, make sure to subscribe on YouTube. Make sure to follow us all on socials. We love y'all. We love the Celtics. And we'll be back again on Monday. Deuces. Peace. Peace.